This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. Mickey Lynch is going to WrestleMania. Austin 316 says I just ripped your ass. This is my eye. You're going to acknowledge me. All right, welcome to the WWE podcast for this mailbag on Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. We'll see if I actually finish it on April 20th. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit late because as I record this, we're uh, heading towards midnight. And I'm going to probably have to do this internally in two parts, but you won't know that because it's just going to come out late. And you're going to say, hey, where's the mailbag? Well, I also had an interview with Jack Claffey, who uh, is Jack Gallagher, that you knew him in NXT, had a really good conversation with him. I posted that interview right before this episode, so you can check that out on my feed. Uh, about a half hour, we were able to connect and talk about wrestling, talk about his MMA aspirations, a really funny moment that happened to him while he was in NXT and when he was about to get married. Just a great guy, a true gentleman, if you will. See what I did there? Well, thank you, everybody, again for joining me. And we're going to dive into the emails. Let's not waste time, guys. I don't have it, so let's not waste it. <laughs> so uh, the first message from our patrons, could it be anybody else? Randy, the patron, and he writes in and says, man, I could have told you that theory would win the title. I mean, he's a good wrestler, to be honest, but I'm pretty sure Finn Balor is actually going to retire or just leave. He is missing his family. What is your take on theory altogether? Well, first of all, I didn't know that about uh, Balor. There's something going on, something very weird, and it could be that Finn maybe asked for a release. This is my guess. This is not my what I'm saying I've heard or I'm confirming or trying to start rumors. But when they're treating a star of this caliber like this, there's something else going on behind the scenes. So I, I, I do believe that, Randy. Now, as far as theory, what do I think of him altogether? He's growing on me in a way that makes me want to see somebody beat his ass, which is a compliment, right? As a heel, that's your job. That's the only job that you have. And I think so far, it's growing on me. I, I will say that the Vince McMahon thing is still kind of weird. I, I'm not fully understanding that relationship, how it came to be, whatever. Um, but Theory, instead of being backstage, being berated and his masculinity cut down by Vince McMahon on a weekly basis, actually out there in matches, now winning his first championship in WWE, I think is a good thing. He seems to be comfortable on the mic, too. I also don't know what the hell a town down means. I, I can anybody else translate that? Do we have a wrestling translator out there? I don't understand what a t a town down means. Don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm missing, missing the point. I don't know, but uh, a theory altogether is growing on me. It's hard to give me, give him a full report card without having also seeing a real sample of his work. I mean, we've seen, spats of it and over the last few months it's been much more uh, significant but again so far so good steady slow and steady seems to be the formula here honestly I, and I, I'm okay with it so far now uh, I saw when Rhea turn I saw the Rhea turn coming however the way she looked going up the ramp was definitely uh, Edgeworth I'm not sure what you mean Edgeworth and I'm not sure. Uh, see what I did there? No, I'm not, I actually don't. <laughs> Maybe because I'm, it's so late at night, Randy. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, Edgeworth. I don't. Is it referring to Edge or I really don't know. Sorry, buddy. Everybody else is probably like, you don't get that, man. Come on. I don't. Sorry. Um, is Rhea going to join? Oh, well, do I think Rhea is going to join the group? I don't think so with with his group and while I think it would be certainly a elevation of where she's at, it's very difficult in 2022 to get a male and female faction going because then you'd have to have the females eventually get physically involved with the males of which we know there's one golden rule. And that golden rule is men can't attack the women, but the women are allowed to attack, attack the men. There's no such thing as self-defense. It doesn't exist here because, you know, uh, society and because of, 
PR problems that they don't want to have to deal with, which again is stupid in and of itself because this is a an environment that is not real, right? In terms of actually promoting violence, of course, but that's the world we live in. So that's what I think about uh, Rhea. I, I wouldn't mind it, but it's a little like, I think she'd be hamstringing herself because they can't do a whole lot with her with the men on the other side. I mean, you can't have a male versus female match. I know they did Randy versus Alexa bliss. I get that. I know they did that. Randy Orton seems to be the only man on earth that is allowed to violate the golden rule of men not being able to attack women because apparently the RKO is, I mean, all it is is a front bump. So maybe that's the reason. Uh, Okay. So where was I, Randy? I lost my uh, train of thought here. So I would love to see it, honestly. She needs something, but so does Liv. How many tag teams has she got to go through? Yeah, Liv Morgan, just outside of that quick little stint of her trying to obtain the Women's Championship, which was a failed attempt, I think, three times, she has been constantly in a tag team, in a tag team, in a tag team, in a tag team. But they're doing that to Rhea Ripley, too. I mean, Rhea Ripley is in the same boat. She's been in a tag team way too long. I don't know. if they're going to try to create a tag team division at the, with uh, the sacrifice being not allowing single stars to be single stars as they should be, then my answer is get rid of the women's tag team championships, get rid of the women's tag team division, which is a mirage anyway. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like really right now anybody being in a tag team. None. There's nobody that I enjoy in a tag team right now. And even I'll go further than that. I don't see anybody I would want in a tag team. I'm like, oh, put those two together. That'd be awesome. The women's division very much still feels like a singles division that they're trying to pretend has a tag team division embedded somewhere in it. And it doesn't. Okay. Charlotte. Nope. Done with her. Tired of her. Same crap over and over again. Now, let's be real. Drew could have made her tap in a second. Plus, she did this already. Remember the ref and countless times before. Although I'm a Ronda fan, I don't want her to have the little... Uh, to have the oh the title, but it's taking uh, taking it off Charlotte. Then fine, yeah. So the the fact that she attacked Drew Gulak, which is what you're referring to, and Drew just laid there like a you know helpless child, was embarrassing. But I understand the objective. The objective was to get Charlotte over. The objective was to push her further. If she had done it to just anybody else like Kayla Braxton, of course, they, they wouldn't have been able to help themselves. They're not trained performers. They never were. And it wouldn't have elevated Charlotte. But if the goal is to just get her heat, I think Br- Kayla Braxton is more beloved than uh, than Drew Gulak is. I think the they were trying to also show how strong she is by taking down a man. Yeah, from behind. But I don't think I think it backfired because I don't believe what they sold me it doesn't make sense. And with Charlotte is just slapping him. It's like, dude, punch her in the face. If she's about to snap your leg like you're trying to sell me that she is like clock her. Right. If, if something like this happened on the street. Somebody got me in a, a figure eight lock. I mean, as, as preposterous and implausible as that is, I'm trying to make a point. And that point is, I don't care who you are, it, man, woman, child. I mean, not, I mean, of course, a child is completely implausible. Man or woman, let me just stick with that. Stay with that. Man or woman, I don't care, you know, about that. If I'm in a situation where I feel like I'm going to be harmed physically in a big way, in, in a very um, severe way, you know, my fist is going to connect with your face. I don't care what the repercussions are that people perceive that they should be because oh, I'm a man and I hit a woman. Well, Either that or my leg was going to be snapped, you know, so self-defense, my friends. But that doesn't apply in WWE land. And so, yeah, I mean, I know you're done with her, but she's got a long way to go, I think, in WWE. Uh, And there's also rumors of her leaving WWE, at least taking a lot of time off. I, I mean, I can kind of see that coming, but Charlotte is a big time player. I know you're done with her. But she's a big time player. I don't want you can't tell me you'd want Rhonda as champion over Charlotte. I mean, you just can't, Randy. Please don't do it. Don't go to the dark side. Don't go to Miss Avocado Toast and getting angry that the word woman is in the championship name. And, and the and the whisper quiet promos and the the weird side smiles she does and the happy baby and angry baby that she does are the only two emotions. I mean, that's her range of emotion. Please don't. 
Don't do it, Randy. I'm, I'm begging you. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on here. Last great job, man. Love the After Dark so much. Definitely looking forward to it. And also this interview. Doesn't matter who it is. Just love how you guys better yourself each week. Thank you. Uh, and thank you so much, Randy. And you know, we, tr- we try to get better every week. I know that sometimes our quality, it does fluctuate in terms of you know, sometimes how you're feeling that day. I, I can't tell you how many times I've come to this microphone and I've just been in a complete fog. A complete fog. And I've had to just BS my way through it. It, it, not a lot, but it occasionally happens with how many shows we pump out. There's just no way we can continue to, to be on a upward trajectory. It just isn't sustainable. But if our overall pattern is increasing in quality, that's what we're looking for. And, you know, we're always trying to think of ways and it, it is difficult. Um, not that I don't have a great team of creators, but I'm the only one doing the editing and the behind the scenes production and like the, the videos that go up and maintaining the website and putting the ad free content on Patreon and our, uh, and, and Apple podcasts and trying to come up with merchandise and like, you know, all that stuff again, that that's just me. And I'm not saying, look at me, I'm doing all the work or shouldn't I get a patent? No, it's just, it's just the reality of the situation. And, and you know, I, I take that on. It's not that I'm complaining and saying, Oh, I, Oh my God, I need help. No, but I have a great cast of supporting characters that really contribute I mean, everybody, you guys know who they are. I don't need to name them, but uh, thank you, Randy. Okay, let's move on to, yeah, yep, yep, G-Man. Let's see what he's got to say today. How did Edge and Damian Priest get the same powers as Undertaker and Kane back did back in the day? When Edge said the word Judgment Day, it made me miss that pay-per-view. You and me both, brother. I thought the same thing. They literally ruined the Backlash name. Uh, Yep, so far, so good. You're two for two. Finn Balor will sadly be the next one getting released. I have no idea what WWE is going to do with him now, and it just makes me angry because he's one of my favorites, and I think of him as a top guy. But WWE just only sees him as a 24-7 division guy. Um, okay, before I get to your next, your, your final piece here, yes to Backlash. I mean, I've gone through that even last year. I made a whole rant about it. Uh, the Judgment Day thing made me also remember Judgment Day. I mean, I, my, my most... Um, Vivid memory of Judgment Day, the pay-per-view, when it was called pay-per-views, is in 2000 when The Undertaker returned as the American badass. And he came out on the motorcycle and people, I was, everyone was like, wait, what? I remember watching it on Scramble Vision. Anybody remember Scramble Vision? I mean, it's not the name of a channel, but it, if you had cable back in the day, I mean, I had Time Warner cable, uh, which has morphed into Spectrum. Many of you had probably, uh, what, what's that? Uh, I can't even think of the other providers around the, the nation here. Uh, Comcast maybe, but it was scramble vision. I mean, I, I very rarely was allowed to order the pay-per-views and um, I will say that, you know, the only way that I was able to was to convince them was when it was like a big time pay-per-view like WrestleMania or go to a friend's house and we'd all split the cost and uh, judgment day 2000. I remember watching it on scramble vision of which you could get other things on scramble vision. I'll leave that to uh, another, maybe a dark episode, <laughs> another uh, after dark episode, which by the way, um, I have to say thank you to everybody who is enjoying the after dark. Randy, thank you for the compliments. Uh, those of you that haven't seen or heard the after dark episodes. Um, yeah, it's X rated. Like do not listen with kids. I, I cannot say that enough. Don't get angry at me. I'm giving you as much warning as I can. The After Dark episodes are not for the family. Mature adults only, or if you're a, a jerk, mature. Does anybody else have somebody that pronounces mature, mature, or tomato, tomato? I know it's, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting on an After Dark episode, but certain words that people pronounce really get me angry. Okay, yeah, I'm going off the rails. Anyway, Finn Balor. Do I think he's going to get, re- get released? Well, they took the belt off him. They haven't allowed him to say anything on the microphone. They have him on TV sparingly. All signs point to yes. It seems like they are laying the foundation for him to be released. It seems that way. I'm not saying, oh, wait, you said he was going to, and he's not. It just seems that way, right? I, I can kind of read the writing on the wall like you, G-Man, and it does seem to be pointing in the direction of Finn Balor out the door. So, uh, speaking of the 24-7 division that was on Hulu this week, I bet you enjoyed every minute of it. Keep it coming with the After Dark episodes. Man, they are entertaining. I'm bummed. I never did any spring break parties back in the day, though. Uh, Okay, well, (laughs) it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, G-Man. 
uh, you know, I'm giving you guys the hilarious stories, but there's a lot of ones that are like, oh boy, <laughs> like nothing ever permanent per se, but just things that like, you know, you're not proud of that you did, right? Um, things that you just like, man, I'm a one dumb, you know what? And so it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I probably glorify it more than I should. It, it's kind of like looking at social media, because when you look at social media, you're only seeing a very, very, very small fraction of people's lives that they want you to see. Anything anybody posts generally is to elicit a feeling of jealousy, whether they're showing off their kids, showing off their vacation, their meals that they're eating, whatever, right? Think about that. Anything anybody posts, whether they're doing it intentionally for that reason or not, subconsciously, it's to elicit a feeling of jealousy among other people. Again, nobody would admit that, but it's kind of true. And so my point about my spring break stories is you're hearing the stories I want you to hear, right? I'm not making any of them up. These are 100% true. But you got to remember the good with the bad. It all exists, especially when you're you're drinking and, uh, you know, you remember like half of what happened that night. Oh, boy. All right. Let's uh, move on. You guys are pulling me into the dark side here. Um. Let's see. Lastly, this Saturday will be my 32nd birthday. Well, happy birthday, buddy. Fun fact, I share the same birthday as John Cena. We the ones, everyone, and say it loud and proud. It's Boston. Okay, well, I'm not going to say that, but G-Man, you're doing so good. G-Man, you were doing so good. I even wished you a happy birthday, and you had to turn heel. (sighs) My gosh, you guys are, uh, you guys have me on edge all the time. All right, let's... uh, Let's continue on here, and I'm gonna. Oh, who is this? Wait a minute. I do you guys do you guys hear that music? I, I hear something. Well, that can mean only one thing. Only one person could mean that music, and that is yes. That's right. Mr. Dennis McGinley. So what does he have to say this week? He says, hey, hey, Matt. So give it up for the greatest, the number one heel of this show. Everyone's going to acknowledge me. The overrated patron of this podcast, me. For all of you dumb nuts. (laughs) I love that. I've never heard anyone say dumb nuts. That's That makes me laugh. I love it. Dennis, good stuff. Dumb nuts. Good. Uh, I don't know why that's so funny. I don't know why I've never put those two words together, but uh, well done. Um, who I, Unless you've forgotten who I am, calling us all dumb nuts, I am Mr. Dennis McGinley. So forget about the 22, uh, 2K22 fake crap you can play all day and keep challenging each other. I'm talking to the Pebble and Other, the French guy, uh, which is yeah, Alex, the French guy. Um, I'm laying an open challenge to a real street fight. Uh-oh. Uh, none of the pads on the floor. Just come and find me and spell it out for you. All of you dumb nuts. W-I-S-C-O-N-S-I-N, which spells, which by the way, guys, spells Wisconsin. Not that any of you trash bags heard of that state. Last thing is fire that Brad 51525 hasn't been on the mailbag. To me, Brad, get on your knees and acknowledge me for uh, you bow before your master. Talk to you next week. But Dennis, you are just going full heel. You aren't even like you're not even uh, like looking for any sympathy. I mean, you have gone full heel, like you're you're dove right in the deep end, brother. I mean, I commend you for it, but you have, I mean, you you you've got everyone booing you. I, I will say that. If that's what if that's the reaction you want. Well, congrats. So, all right, Dennis, thanks, buddy. Uh, let's get to, uh, let's see. Well, uh, let's get to Kyle, and he says. Hello, WWE fans, geeks, and wrestling freaks. Detroit Kyle here. But today, I'm introducing to you my real name, the Genesis. There are boy, you got you guys love this stuff, don't you? Uh, there are none like me. All great things originate from me. I'm the authentic one, the prototype, the primary, and the genuine article that you strive for. I set the example, and the rest of you follow. Better yet, I am the example. I am the beginning. And if you aren't careful, you will be the end. Yeah, well done. Well done. I like it. I'm here to, oh boy, guys, you, you guys are calling, should I just create a, like, I don't know, maybe like a, a neutral location, like, I'll, I'll just get a loan for a, a ring and get a cage and stick it on top and you guys can all just battle it out. 
<laughs> um, so here we go. Another call out. So Detroit Kyle is here to call out Kanye Twitty for hashtag trashing him on his WTF wrestling show. Come on, man. Seriously, that's the best you could do. You couldn't even give a reason for trashing me, except that I dared you couldn't do it. You could at least try to come up with something like, I'm putting Kyle, Detroit Kyle, on the trash list because he's from Detroit and I hate Detroit. Or maybe something like, I'm putting Kyle on the trash list because he said X, Y, and Z in the Discord chat, and I'm not down with that. I mean, at least come up with a reason before you go trashing me. And you didn't even point out that you were talking to Detroit Kyle. There are three, if not more. Yeah, there's a lot of Kyles on the show uh, that are patrons. Know your audience. Now I'm forced to put you on my new and very original hashtag dumpster fire list for trashing me for no reason, which was started way before your trash list. And don't get me wrong. Your WTFW show is absolute money. I love trashing people as much as the next person, but trashing me for no reason and putting all the Kyles on that list, all the Kyles that are listening on blast that is what I call a hashtag dumpster fire. Kanye and Nemian, you can do better. Or maybe you can't. Shots fired. Also, side note, I'm putting the spelling of your name Kanye on the hashtag dumpster fire list for this week. How are you going to name yourself after a great musician like Kanye Twitty, spelled Conway? <laughs> and then change the name for the spelling as a horrible musician psycho like Kanye West. And you couldn't even think of an original name. You had to steal it from someone. Uh, hashtag trash or excuse me hashtag dumpster fire i'm also calling out everyone in the discord chat that's right i've already challenged you guys in discord and no one wants to step up i'm placing an open challenge again to anyone thinks they can call or they can cut a promo on me i highly doubt any of you posers will step up i don't blame you the last thing you want to do is step up to a detroiter i never heard that term before Detroit is called the Motor City because we can run over our competition. No one wants this heat. No one can handle the heat. None of you. And before you try to step up, please come at me with something original. I don't want to hear you regurgitating other famous wrestlers' catchphrases like, I'm going to open up a can of whoop-ass, acknowledge me, it's true, it's true. Can you smell what the pebble is cooking? I mean, come on, guys. Think of something original. If you're going to challenge someone, anyone can copy and paste other people's catchphrases and promos. I don't do that. I hate wannabes and posers. Y'all are just followers, not true leaders, and not true originals. It takes a true champion like Detroit Kyle to show you how it's all how, how, how to be not just original, but to be the genesis of champions. And uh, Kyle, I know that, of course, you're, you're hopefully doing this, as you say, in, um, in, in, in all, all in good fun. And of course, you are. Everyone's doing this in good fun. You guys love to just be able to come on here and kind of like be serious but say you're not being serious and also challenge people. Hopefully you guys are doing this on like 2K22 servers, right? Just like challenge somebody to a match, get their username, get online and do it that way. All right. I think that's the safest way. And uh, Kyle, <laughs> Detroit Kyle, thank you for your uh, contributions this week. All right. Let's get to, let's see here. I know I have more. I have, uh, I don't actually don't have a ton of normal emails that are not patrons. So... Let's talk to Memphis Mark, also known as Tennessee Ted. He says, hey, guys, this is Tennessee Ted. And he says, apparently, it's hard to figure out at all how Kevin's, Kevin Owens is doing such a great job with what they've given him. But between Seth and Kevin, WWE should be very thankful because everything else is developmentally shake, rattle, and roll, my friends. P.S. I hate the 24-7. <laughs> that was just the time filling. Nothing left to say on that. I'm out. Uh, good stuff, Memphis. I mean, uh, Tennessee Ted. Good stuff. I mean, yeah, look. Seth and Kevin Owens have been the rocks of Monday Night Raw. There's no question about it. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to, let's see here. I'm going to talk to, let's see, DJ Kuzmo. And he writes in this week and says, uh, Hey, Matt and WWE AEW podcast fam. And one more time, this is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on the Mailbag Show with another short email. So here we go. Cody Rhodes. All aboard the Cody train. Since the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes has been in three straight opening segments, had two matches, and seems to be, in my opinion, the number one babyface on the Monday Night Raw roster. Nothing against Cody Rhodes as the wrestler. That's right, Matt, I said not performer, the wrestler. Yeah, sorry, buddy. The wrestler, because I will not be brainwashed by the WWE lingo. Oh, man. Anyway, <laughs> does it kind of seem that Vince is force-feeding us Cody Rhodes every single Monday Night Raw? 
I would probably say from the crowd reaction that it's split 50-50 or 60-40 with their responses to Cody. Some fans that have not watched AEW do not know who he is, even though his last name is Rhodes and his father is great Dusty Rhodes. Uh, another thing I kind of see a disconnect with is what WWE wants us to view Cody Rhodes as and what some fans are seeing Cody Rhodes as. So, okay. Well, here's the problem. I think they have. there's not a fully positive reaction for Cody the way that they hopefully envision it because there's a totally gen- different generation of fans that don't know who Cody Rhodes um, or rather Dusty Rhodes is. You have a lot of young fans that go, who the hell is Dusty but don't forget, Cody, when he first came back to Monday Night Raw, the night after WrestleMania, put a picture up of his dad. I mean, even if you don't know who Dusty Rhodes is, the point is that you could relate to the story of at least, you know, having a dad, trying to make him proud and do something for him. You know, so even if you don't know who Dusty is, I mean, I think that the, the storyline seems to be pr- pretty simple and that's a good thing. But I think the fans aren't really sure. And I think there's a little bit of disconnect with the fans and Cody, maybe even if they didn't watch AEW. Cause he comes out in a suit. He tries to use big words in his promo. A lot of times, like he, I think he tries to come off and make it known that he's well read and he has these big words. I mean, he won't say that, but I, I can tell you, I think that that's one of the problems with Cody on the mic is that he tries to come up with these words and, and just come across smarter than he may actually be. And I think that's maybe a, a bit of a disconnect with the crowd. Um, okay, let's see. Finally, or firstly, the name and gimmick that Cody and AEW built is called the American Nightmare. From a casual perspective, doesn't the name and gimmick scream heelish? Yeah, but I mean, just because it's a darker character doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a a heel. I mean, hell, look at the fiend. He was as demonic as it gets. You talk about a nightmare. He was a living embodiment of a nightmare, and yet he got cheered. That, I mean, that's how I take it. Secondly, the promos that Cody Rhodes cut has come across heelish with the words he, that he uses. Oh, he took the words out of my mouth. Last time I checked, his father, Dusty, was, Dusty Rhodes was the, quote, son of a plumber. Never spoken the same verbiage as his son. Dusty represented the blue-collar, hardworking, and always dedicated human being. I just don't see that with Cody right now in terms of his babyface persona and having the fans be on his side because he comes across as slightly heelish. Just my opinion, folks. Y'all can disagree. Well, yeah, Dusty Rhodes was the everyman common man. That doesn't mean, though, that Cody needs to be that, though. I mean, th- that kind of generation that kind of clung on to Dusty was a different working generation. You know, now it's the entitled generation. Gen Z, sorry, guys, is the entitled generation. And millennials, I'm a millennial, are kind of the bridge between Gen X and the Gen Z that are, we also have a bit of an entitlement problem and also a bit of a work ethic problem. Uh, and I don't think that it resonates as well with that kind of son of a plumber that it did back then. And Cody doesn't need to be stuck to that. While it's one of the best promos ever, I don't think he needs to be attached to that because he's, his, he's, he's the son of Dusty, but he's carving his own path. So he doesn't need to, I think, uh, use that. Okay. During the last couple of months in AEW, Cody Rhodes was getting booed out of arenas by AEW fans because they were tired of the the goody two-shoes, always polished, teetering on turning heel, but never did kind of guy. In order for the majority of WWE fans to get on the side of Cody Rhodes fully, there has to be slight changes to Cody's character and not always be about him trying to win the WWE championship for his father, Dusty. Yeah, but I mean, at least he's got a mission statement. You don't hear that a lot. You just hear people come in and go, I'm just happy to be here. It's my dream to be here. Oh, It's like, okay, well, what the F are you doing here? Like, what's your mission? Where are you going? What do you want to do? Not just, you know, just say, oh, it's my dream. WWE is just the best place ever. Like, no, to have a mission statement and, and one that is upfront like this that quickly is telling. And I actually don't mind it. Um, one last point on Cody. To me, WWE missed the opportunity to have Cody Rhodes interrupt Roman Reigns' segment on the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania 38, because I don't know about you, but I felt someone should have came out from backstage to interrupt Roman during this same old promo, and that guy could have been Cody, and immediately creative could have started to tease and build for a potential future match between them at the um, one of the upcoming plays. <laughs> I like being a jerk and pronouncing the acronym. Uh, and finally... 
finally, was that what was that when Cody Rhodes and Seth shook hands on Monday Night Raw after Mania? I really thought it was a way to end that feud and get Cody Rhodes onto his next opponent, but boy, was I mistaken. Yeah, you were mistaken, and it's weird, though, that they did it with Seth, who was a heel, and I thought he was going to kick him between the legs or something, and he just did his weird laugh, and that was it. But as far as the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, you talk about one of the more underwhelming Monday Night Raws after WrestleMania in recent history. This was it. This one had to have taken the cake. It felt like anything but a Raw after WrestleMania. It was boring. And you, you're right. Typically, that's a segment, especially the Raw after Mania, you're like, okay, something big's going to happen. Nope. They just went off the air. I agree. That was a little bit underwhelming. A, a little bit being un- very, um, uh, I, I guess, lightly putting it. Okay. Uh, your fa- uh, final topic here, the Edge Faction. Just to quickly say, I'm on board with this faction, which for some reason still doesn't have a name yet. And what is the mountain of omnipotence that Edge was speaking about? I guess we have to all Google that word. I enjoyed the Edge promo this past Monday night in referencing the brood and ministry of darkness. I like the fact that Edge mentions how he had to beg for a WrestleMania match and he's a Hall of Famer. Also, I like how Edge mentioned that Damian Priest was overlooked at last year's WrestleMania because of Bad Bunny. And you said it in your prior podcast that the stench of Bad Bunny has never left Damien. Even when he won the U.S. title from Sheamus, it didn't feel like a big deal because, say it with me, folks, stench of Bad Bunny. It's true. I mean, I, and I like how you pointed out those specifics from Edge's promo that I forgot about, about the references to the Ministry of Darkness and that he's a Hall of Famer and he had to beg for a match. It's all. I mean, Edge is just a genius. With that being said, and the obvious heel turn that we saw this past Monday, all signs are pointing to Rhea joining the faction. I saw the purple-blue light once again while Rhea was backstage with Sarah Shiver. Uh, I was, I'm throwing out some other possible names to join. Finn Balor after losing probably for a second or third time to Theory in the upcoming weeks, where probably he delves into the demon character and turns heel. Possible. Possible. I mean, I just made a case about 20 minutes ago for Finn Balor leaving the company, but I certainly would enjoy this as a um, as a definitely an option versus him leaving. As far as Rhea Ripley, I mean, you're the second person to say that. I think it could be something, but again, I'm very. She has a, she already has the look. She's kind of a darker character as it is. I I don't hate it. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I just am a bit hesitant because she's going to have to work with men. And where does it, where, where do they draw the line there? You know, with the whole men can't fight women thing. I just went over that. So I don't hate it. It's just, they're going to be backing themselves into booking themselves into a corner if they do that. I mean, look what they did with Alexa Bliss. God almighty. I mean, she was with the fiend, but we never saw her wrestle. She, she wrestled like two, she's wrestled like two matches in two years. It's, it's unbelievable with Alexa. That's a whole nother story. And one last name I thought of is Von Wagner from NXT 2.0. There was a time last year on SmackDown that Von Wagner was with Adam Pierce as his heavy, and there was some news circulating that Creative was planning on creating an Adam Pierce authority style faction called Scrap Metal. Um, well, wouldn't Adam Pierce be the? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> maybe Adam Pierce could be the the uh, mouthpiece for that. But some unbeknownst reason, I never made it. Anyway, Von Wagner hasn't been doing anything substantial on the NXT 2.0, like a title feud or major story. Sometimes I forget he's still on NXT, but plus Von Wagner is a big dude that kind of resembles a younger edge. That's all for now. Sorry for the long tangent. And uh, this is DJ signing off. And yes, you have your voicemail. So, uh, all right. Well, let's see what else we have here. Uh, we have a couple of emails, excuse me, from um, our non-patrons. And we'll actually, um, do we have one more here? Tobias Miller. Uh, let, let's see what, uh, let's see what Toby, uh, Big T. Let's get to Big T, rather. And Big T says, I'm sure you might know this, but Roman versus Drew is happening in London in a London live event for the title. This is not my mailbag email, but guess what? It's going to be your mailbag email. I just made that decision. And the reason I'm making that my decision is to make that a mailbag email, even though you told me not to, is number one, I'm I'm a uh, pompous jerk. Number two, I want to bring that up because it's important that you're telling us this since they're now starting to work together. I think it's a sign that they're definitely, they're imminent. They're imminently about to work together on actual television. That's important. I think that's what they're doing right now. So thank you for that unintentional email for uh, mailbag. Uh, 
All right. I believe we only have two more emails, and then we get to voicemails. And this is Jeff from the Philippines. I know, Jeff, you normally do uh, call in, but let's see what you've got to say. Just a few points here. Number one, I want Seth to win at WrestleMania Backlash so he he and Cody can have another match inside Hell in a Cell in which the winner becomes the number one contender for the WWE, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Yeah. Cool. No problem. I'm with you on uh, Jeff. I can't, I can't disagree. And I want Seth to talk about what happened at Survivor Series. Why are we not talking about that? Seth gets beat down, left for dead. No, there's nothing to say about that. Agreed. Number two, I think WWE and the Universal title are still not officially unified. The last time I checked on their website, there are still separate sections for both championships. Thank you for pointing that out, Jeff. That's an important point because they talked about this unification for months. It wasn't just the last minute, oh, we're going to unify them. Why haven't they done it officially on the website? That's a, I don't think that's an oversight. That's a good observation, Jeff. Number three. I think the Street Profits are slowly turning heel. Montez Ford was actually signaling his hand before the Usos music started playing. They've been acting heelish in the past weeks when they attacked RK Bro after the match with Alpha Academy. Yeah, I mean, I said on my Raw review, admittedly, that I don't think it's a heel turn, but I'm not ruling it out. It certainly was a heel thing to do, but also I, I think I made the case that their, their message is just, hey, we're here too. We exist. Pay attention to us. That was, I believe that was my exact message. But if this is the start of a heel turn, fine. But what do you do about Orton and Riddle, who are the number one babyface tag team that we all think are about to break up as well? They got a lot to think about. Um, but with the tag teams unified, the tag team titles unified, they won't have to worry so much about when teams split up that there won't be enough depth because you're using the entire roster for one set of belts instead of two. So... Number four, and your final point, uh, can they change Braun Breaker's name to Bronson Steiner? We all know he's Rick Steiner's son. His current name sounds like a created character at two, uh, WWE 2K. That's all. Thank you. Till next time. <laughs> Jeff, that's a good point. Um, I mean, we all know that, but uh, I don't... Knowing Vince McMahon, he's just going to chop off his first name. So pretty soon, he'll be known as just Breaker, right? Or just just Bronson. One of the other, one of the other is going to happen. I mean, Vince, if anybody has two names in their name, look out. If you're not an established star, you're likely going to get the chop in terms of uh, your name because Vince has a long history of cutting names short for one reason or another. Okay, we have one, do I dare say one more email and that's it. So this is Terry from Springfield, Tennessee. He just has a couple of things to say here. First, our truth was hilarious during that commitment ceremony. He had me laughing the whole segment. Uh, the second WWE was trying to portray Veer Mahan. Okay, well, first, yeah, Terry, I laughed too with the, uh, the with the power in my vest. I said that last night, made me laugh. Our truth was the only thing enjoyable about that segment. I have to say. Uh, second, WWE is trying to portray Veer Mahan as the next dominant monster, and I just don't see it with him. He reminds me of the second coming of the watered-down Rusev with his mannerisms and even his submission finish. It's similar to Rusev, but he does have a great head of hair. <laughs> well, so did Rusev. I mean, in his defense, he just didn't grow it as long as Veer. And, you know, if, if Rusev had grown it out, it probably would have been as same quality as Veer. So... There is, but I guess, yeah, point taken. Uh, Third, since Ballard dropped his U.S. title, I think it would be a good idea if he joined Edge and Priest and be the third member of the stable and have him stay in his demon persona with a suit on. I think it would be good for his character to see him as a heel in that faction instead of him just being a mid-carter with no story. Just an idea. What are your thoughts? Well, Terry, I mean, I I addressed this already many times uh, throughout the show already, and I I better than him getting fired. And I, again, I made the case for him being fired and why it seems to be pointing that way. But the other option, a much better option that I think we would all agree on is that he's actually a part of this faction. He is morphed into this, uh, this, this group that I think would be a much better suited group for him and better than being fired. Absolutely. And I think it would fit very well. Definitely. He's a dark care. He has that dark side to him. What if it's Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor and Damian Priest and Edge? Hell, sign me up. Sign me up now. You know, so 
All right. Well, I believe that does it with the emails. If I skipped your email, too bad. Um, but no, I really, I, I'm scanning the, the my messages right now, especially on Patreon. Those of you, I feel really bad when I skip you guys by accident. I don't see, do I see anybody else in, hold on a second. I'm looking, anybody, anybody, Bueller, Bueller. And okay, those of you that don't know what Ferris Bueller is, I'm probably speaking to the wrong crowd. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to those all-important voicemails. And, well, I think you guys know who's up first. Let's do it. Hello, Tony Podcast World. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm recording to you live once again on a Tuesday evening. And once again, it is time for the Veer Mahan Report. And, of course, every time that I get a chance to see uh, my guy, Veer Mahan, on Monday Night Raw, I like to share my two cents on my exclusive report, the Veer Mahan Report. Now, before we get to there, I want to say that the Veer Mahan Report has been brought to you by the one of the newest podcast shows on the paid feed, and that is Matt's very own WWE Podcast, the unofficial After Dark. And if you want to hear the unfiltered version of Matt, if you want to hear his uh, raunchy spring break parties and all of the good stuff that he experienced during his years as a teenager, and of course all of the time that he had in Florida down in Myrtle Beach, because whatever happens in Myrtle Beach stays in Myrtle Beach, I want you to get on Patreon just to listen to his stories, just to listen to his rants, and just just laugh at his stories or whatever you want to do about that. But anyway, let's get back to Veer Mahan, the Veer Mahan Report. And of course, like last week against Dominique Mysterio, we got to see last night on Monday Night Raw that he just annihilated the crap out of Jeff Brooks, who looks like a local enhancement talent from Buffalo, New York. And what would have been a very quick one-minute match that we got to see once again. Veer Mahan victorious, giving him the golden arm clothesline. And of course, giving him the camel clutch or cervical clutch or whatever you call that crap. He just strangled the crap out of Jeff Brooks. And once again, Veer Mahan is victorious. He's 2-0 on Monday Night Raw. Once again also, his opponent has been wheeled out out of the arena so i don't know what's next for veer mahan next week on monday night raw as he continues to go on his undefeated streak now before i finish up on this very quick mailbag uh, voicemail i want to also talk about what the hell we just saw last night with none other than finn bella what the hell wwe you put the guy in a championship role as the united states champion and then you have him to drop the title to Austin Theory. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Theory? You have him to lose the title to Theory on Monday Night Raw? What the hell? You had all of this investment in Finn Balor in NXT. And then when you brought him up to the main roster, he just falls flat on his face with all this goddamn 50-50 booking. Absolute crap. And I hate it. I absolutely hate it that this guy had now dropped the title. With that being said, I don't want to get any longer than this. I hope you all have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you next time. DJ, well, thank you for the the unsolicited promo for our After Dark show that is only available on the VIP side of our website or on Patreon for a dollar. You can get on there, and we also have exclusive video and everything as you go higher. But, hey, uh, thank you for that, and, yeah, it is. I feel it's it's a bit raunchy, uh, I got to say, you know, but um, you guys wanted it. You asked for it. You got it. And it's a very it's a very different experience for me on the After Dark show because I just it's weird for me to curse on the show because of so many years that I've avoided a lot of the um, the the words that will cause this show to be labeled as explicit. I have to usually avoid that. So for me to just be able to free and spitball no pun intended, uh, for those that listen, I just really feel, I felt uncomfortable at first, but I'm starting to warm up to you. Uh, we're up to the microphone and, and feel uncomfortable hitting that post button. But uh, yeah, if you want a couple of spring break stories from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, yeah, uh, there's a couple there. And we've got more stuff and uh, things that just kind of just annoy the, the crap out of me, I also put on there. Um, it's kind of just, it's a very different show. <laughs> Thank you, DJ. But Veer Mahan, I, I, you know, I don't know what to say about him. I'm giving him a chance. You know, I appreciate the Veer Mahan report. 
that's good stuff uh, because we don't talk about him a lot since he's a very right now he's in the lower tier of the the card as he should be but he's a rising star at least one that they're attempting to rise and he's right now just destroying local talent he'll eventually move to people on the roster and start low and work his way up that's a very formulaic way to do it it's not the wrong way it's not the wrong way. I mean, it's, it's a fine way to do it. But I would also advise them to give him mic time. Like while they're showing his physical dominance, don't just keep him a one dimensional character. Tell us why he's here. Give him time to talk. What's his background? Like, don't just make him this grunting monster. OK, like Umaga. Give him something. Uh, and as far as Finn Balor, I mean, I don't know what more to say about it. This seems to be a common theme tonight about him losing the belt and other people thinking he's going to join Edge's faction. All possibilities are on the table. I could, see, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow we see he's released, but also on Monday night we hear that he is joined. We, we see he's joined uh, the uh, Brood 2.0 or whatever the hell this is going to be. The Ministry of, I don't know, whatever. I couldn't come up with something clever. But those are the two options right now that I see. Finn, Bal- Finn Balor is on a transition. Either it's it's one extreme or the other. I really believe. I don't think he'll just sit in obscurity. So thank you, DJ. Let's continue on. A few voicemails tonight. There's not a, not a ton. Let's keep it going. Yes, this is Seth from the Midwest, somewhere in the Midwest. So I wanted to go ahead and talk about something that a lot of people aren't really talking about, and that's the disrespect to Edge. Like, I don't understand. He came back in the Royal Rumble in 2020, went on, had a great feud with Randy Orton, and ever since then, everybody's kind of been like, oh, we're sick of this guy. I'm like, but there's no, there's no other guy on the roster that tells a more compelling story or has over 30-minute matches like Edge does, especially at his age. So I'm just, like, kind of wondering, what's the disrespect? Why is everybody disrespecting Edge for? It just blows my mind. That's, that's about it. Bye. Well, hey there, Seth from the Midwest. I actually haven't heard a whole lot about this, but apparently you're right, and, and I think you're right because Edge alluded to that in his promo that, you know, you guys miss me. Come back, Edge. Come back. Can you come back? And he comes back. And then, oh, well, you hear too much. Go away. And then come back. Like, there's no pleasing us. And that's when he said he had an awakening. I believe there's actually a small piece of truth to that. And while I don't generally believe that's who he is and what he believes, I do think there's a part of him that believes that, which is why this character is working so well, even though it's such a 90 degree turn from what he was. I, you know, I think that there is some some validity to that. I'm not one of those people because I think that we have to realize that, look, Edge is here for a very short period of time, uh, an undetermined but likely uh, very short period of time. I mean, he, look at his age. He's in his mid upper 40s. Like he's not going to be here long. He is giving us what he can. He's writing his own last chapter, and that's admirable. He's busted his ass to get back here. He's trying out something new. He's also in the process, guys, for those that feel like he's maybe being selfish or we're seeing too much of him, helping build new stars, which is what this entire company's about. So, you know, there's that. Um, he's he's probably backstage. No, I know he's backstage giving advice when needed, when solicited, even unsolicited. He's an invaluable tool to the company, and he's the best promo in the company right now, arguably. So I don't understand the, the, the backlash for Edge. He's, he's not even having matches on Raw. When's the last time he had a match on Raw? Anybody who's having this complaint, please talk to me. Call us, please. I'm, I'm serious. Leave a voicemail next week. I want, I want to talk to you. 518-952-0247. I'll repeat that. 518-952-0247 is the voicemail number. You have three minutes to make your case. And I would love to hear why you're tired of Edge. Seriously. I'm with you, Seth. Like somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm not being a jerk about it. I'm just, I would actually love to talk to somebody about that. So, all right, let's get to uh, the next voicemail here. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I just wanted to talk about the situation with Bianca Belair and Sonya Deville and that whole thing on Monday. I have a big problem with Sonya Deville going out there, Bianca Belair out of nowhere, just saying she's going to face Bianca for the championship. And, you know, and people may like, may like this because she's, She's back in the rain after being the authority figure, but I can't help but to say, again, it's going to be. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be. Hopefully, this will not be. This will not turn into a racist thing again, like like she did did with Naomi all through last year. But I can't help but to think that way because of what she did to Naomi last year, and I just hope that she has a better explanation. She has a really good explanation of why she went after Bianca Belair. 
um, because all I could see is her being a racist in that in that moment. And no, you don't see it. A lot of people who a lot of people who watch this don't see it, but I do. And I just hope that they have a better uh, feed from that, a better a, a good explanation, I should say, on Monday, uh, because there is an. And probably this is, of course, this is a filler, a filler feud. Just hold it off until Becky Becky comes back and Rhea Ripley, even Alexa Bliss. Hopefully she'll come back throughout throughout the summer. Hopefully, so do miss Alexa. But I, I just, I again, I just hope that they have a really good story and not go to the do the race car like they did with Naomi um, all throughout last year. And again, that was a, t- a touchy subject for you and on your show, but I can't help but to see that perspective of, of it. So give you thoughts on that, but this is it. It's your call. Bye. Hey Kyle, well, if they're going the race card, they're stupid. I'm serious. I mean, they have to be blind, deaf, and dumb to to really believe that that's a good thing to do. Now, if their goal is to elicit a massive fiery backlash of a response and for them to have a a PR nightmare, then sure, take the race card and go with it. But even in a time when it was race wasn't such a hot topic, like back in the early 2000s when Triple H and Booker T had their uh, WrestleMania match and there was a lot of racial undertones in that match, a lot of ones that Anthony DeMarco and I had a whole show on, uh, even then it was poorly received. Um, you, you, You fast forward 20 years and race has never been a hotter issue for better or worse or whatever, you know, leave that to your decision, but they would be stupid there. They, if, if they do that, I mean, they better be prepared for a massive backlash, even in this environment that in, in which it's a fantasy environment of, of course, they better be ready for a firestorm of, shh, you know what? Okay. That's, I, I came as close to saying that as I could without getting this labeled explicit. So, I mean, they, they can't do it. But it is suspicious, like you said, Naomi and now Bianca, both African-American women. Sure. But is that coincidence or is there a strategy behind it? If they dare go that road, Kyle, I mean, they have they had better be ready. They can't do that. Nobody's that dumb. I really hope so. I don't care what kind of storyline you think you're going to whatever benefit that you think that could could come of that racial storyline, it's not worth it. I don't care what you try to sell me on. So, I'm with you. All right. Let's get to our final couple of voicemails and we'll close it out, guys. All right, guys. This is Memphis Mark from Mullet Manor. Uh, my little rants I'm going to do this week because I have an argument with uh, a few uh Twitter people is poor Finn Balor. Is he not become the whooping child? Uh, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, all right. Um, and then it goes to, uh, the, uh, Liv Tyler, uh, or Liv Taylor doing, um, one of her timing jumps off the corner. The announcing crew really covered up because the camera caught it so perfect. And uh, they covered it up so well. I want to give kudos to there. But here we go. <clears throat> I had a, a, a little Twitter argument with uh, someone over the first person to slam Andre. And then it involved into some of the baddest guys that used to wrestle back in the day. Well, if you have never heard, of Harley Race, let me introduce you to a man that had started out in the business as a young man having to drive around a wrestler that was so fat that he had to wash him after the matches with a mop and a hose. This guy was 390 to 450 back in the day, and Harley Race used to literally tell uh, carnivals when they wrestled in carnivals they would pick people out of the crowd to fight Harley and Harley never lost he whooped the out of people 
randomly. There's a whole show I could do on Harley, and I've got so many fantastic stories on him. And these are verified uh, uh, stories. So, anyway, that's my history lesson for the week. Matt, I hope everybody's going good. Everything seems to be fantastic in the WWE podcast world, and I'm so happy to be able to include my little bitty spot. Guys, have a great night. And remember, spay and neuter. And Matt, I'm out. Well, Memphis Mark, you know, certainly you have your spot here on the WWE Podcast. We're glad to have you here. I like how you provide us with a history lesson every week. And I don't mean that in a facetious kind of jerk way. I mean, for real. It's it's fun to be able to have somebody that isn't our demo, the normal, typical demographic. I can tell you that the majority of people listening to this are between the ages of 18 and 49. I'm going to assume respectfully that you are outside of that demographic on the latter edges of that. And so it's nice to hear and fun to hear somebody that isn't and didn't just grow up as a teenager in the Attitude Era like most of us that are listening to this probably did or the Ruthless Aggression Era and or maybe are brand new fans and have come aboard. And it's somebody on the the other older generations have actually been able to come back and and to be able to critique the current product using the old the, the knowledge that they had when wrestling was much more traditional and the Harley race. Uh, history lesson that you you have here is really cool. I mean, I, I'm interested to hear more about Harley Race. I, guys, if you haven't seen anything about Harley Race, I mean, for for goodness sakes, Google it, YouTube it. Uh, Harley Race a, is an often not talked about enough, but uh, I do believe your stories for sure. I know you're not BSing on that about him try, going to carnivals and, and saying, you know, picking somebody out of the crowd and just saying, okay, whoever thinks they're tough, come in the ring. And he just beat their ass i mean <laughs> uh, yeah that is i i 100 believe uh that is really cool and uh and, and maybe we should have like memphis marks you know history history hour or something i don't know um but very good and um, i'm surprised you didn't comment on the uh the 24 7 title I'm, I'm really shocked about that but uh all right Anyway, let's get to, let's see, how many more voicemails do we have, guys? I will give you a count. We have one more voicemail, and then we will call it a night. So let's get to it and see who it is. What's up, Matt? Rocky T here from Houston, Texas. Uh, just checking in again. Uh, I just joined Patreon, SmackDown tier. So I'm looking forward to checking that out when I have more time after work. I uh, just want to touch down on a couple of things from the weekend review. Uh, WrestleMania Hangover. You know, I get what you're saying about we build everything up, WrestleMania season, getting to that point, and then especially with the letdown of the, the Raw after Mania wasn't anything really to talk about. Uh, I just try to look for the new storylines coming through. There's a lot of wrestling to watch, especially with the AW out there, so I try not to get down about it too much. Uh, back in the day when it was pay-per-views, you know, when you have to order it before the network days, you know, yeah, we used to have parties all the time, and it was a big thing for me. But now with COVID in the world, I kind of enjoy having my resting time to myself, especially streaming. So with the kids around, I can pause and, you know, come back and rewatch and do everything I need to do uh, throughout the day and the night. Uh, second little topic, uh, the Sasha Banks adopting Naomi gimmick. I think – that's kind of uh, an underlining thing. They're planning to seed. Sasha Banks has to turn heel again. So I think it'll be maybe, I mean, we expect it in a way I expect it. So maybe her adopting the glow gimmick is going to help people think that she won't turn. And then we'll at least, you know, not expect the coming. Or at least some people won't expect the coming. But So I think that's what that's about there. And then uh, also back to uh, my kid liking Kane. Well, I know you know when Kane was first being introduced, uh, he wore the cape literally one time. And that was part of the first outfit that they had uh, come up with him. Uh, we just uh, got the actual figure of him. So we welcomed him into our into our family of collectibles. Uh, we are an action figure family here. And on that topic, I just wanted to ask you, what, if anything, memorabilia, toys or whatever of wrestling do you have yourself 
and what you might plan to, uh, if you don't already have something for, you, for, you, for your kid, what you might get for them as their first item. Uh, so also AW is coming to uh, Houston uh, next month in May and got my ticket, so I'll be at the show. And that's it from now from Houston, guys. So I'll talk to you all next time. Hey, Rocky T from Houston. Good to hear from you, buddy. I feel like it's been a, a hot minute. Okay, a couple things here. So Sasha adopting the gimmick. Well, first of all, I apologize. I Since you're a new patron, um, I did not put you towards the front of the voicemails. You were buried in my uh, my typical, my normal voicemails, and I I didn't recognize the number. So just uh, my apologies. I should have put you towards the beginning with TJ Kuzmo as far as the voicemails go. So uh, I wanted to address that. Secondly, as far as Sasha adopting the Naomi gimmick, do you think it's a setup for a Sasha heel turn? I mean, most likely. I think that's where the smart money is. But how many times have we seen this, right? How many times are we going to read the same book with Sasha? She gets a tag team partner, stabs her in the back. Gets a tag team partner, stabs her in the back. Gets a tag team partner, stabs her in the back. Like, it's the same thing. I mean, I, I guess it works. It would make something uh, that, that Sasha could do that's relevant right now other than just being kind of a a, a knockoff of Naomi, which is bizarre. Um, I, I don't hate where she's at. It's just weird. And I think it could be absolutely right. Like she's adopting Naomi and you think, oh, there's no way. It's, a, it's a, the furthest thing from your mind. And then, boom, she turns on Naomi. I don't hate it. But it also don't forget that also would mean that there's one less female tag team in the division. And when I say division, I mean that very loosely because there's truly not a division. And now you just had also don't forget Rhea and Liv break up. And we had um, we also had uh, what's her name? Uh, Carmella and Queen Zelina break up. So there go all of your teams, if that happens, other than the team that's actually champions, or, or rather, um, the um, they are the SmackDown, or they are the tag team champions, I, I'm thinking somebody else is. So if they break up and drop the belts, then again, I think my point is still the same, that they will only be, there will only be one team, whoever that remaining team is, is it. They will run unopposed if Sasha and Naomi drop the tag team belts and break up. So you got to be really careful about this stuff because there really isn't a women's division. And then you also hamstring the people that have the belts, the women that have the belts because they have no one to compete with. And they go into obscurity and everyone forgets them and go, Oh, that's right. They have the women tag team titles. That's right. They forgot about that. Right? So, um, but I, I understand your point as far as toys that I have. Well, first of all, cool that you got the cane with the Cape on it. Did, did you say you actually had the cane with the Cape on it? If that's the case, that's really cool. Very rare. Um, and well, at least very rare in, in terms of people seeing that, because many people don't know that Kane actually did have a cape originally that very quickly got dispensed for the original Kane outfit that we all knew that happened at Bad Blood in uh, 1997. And so as far as stuff that I have, I mean, I'm a big title belt collector. Um, I mean, I have right now my my the, the most expensive belt I have is a. It's a um, actual replica, not a toy, but a real replica of the Universal Championship, the raw Universal Championship, meaning the red one, which I don't really like as much. But that's the one I have. Um, I, I did have at one point the Smoking Skull replica belt. That I loved that thing. A few, many years ago, I sold it. I don't know why. And then I also had the WWF Championship belt that was from the... Um, what was it? When did I first see that? The late nineties into the early two thousands when stone cold first won the championship. And when it came, it was the championship belt that morphed from the Eagle, the winged Eagle championship to the um, attitude era championship. And then stone cold morphed that into his own smoking skull belt. It was that one. It was the WWF and it actually had WWF on it, not WWE. So it was even more collectible. That thing I sold, I mean, I was like 20 years old, 25 years old. I'm like, what the hell? I, I wish I could talk to myself. Like, I don't know why I sold those, but I had those. I also have a bunch of hats, like a John Cena hat. I have a Roman Reigns hat. I have a Suplex City hat, Alexa Bliss hat, G Generation X hat. I also have a bunch of T-shirts, classic ones like DX, Austin 316. Um, uh, again, a Brock Lesnar T-shirt. So I don't have a lot of action figures, but I do have, I'm a big title belt guy. I got to say, like if there was anything I was going to collect, which unfortunately is the most expensive thing you can collect is title belts. So, all right. Well, 
cool stuff, guys. Very fun mailbag. I appreciate everybody contributing this week and also staying within time limits. I do really appreciate that as well because it just it, it's it's a it's a burden on me for, for this. And I hate splitting in the shows. And I do appreciate everybody cooperating and uh, knowing your role. I mean that very disrespectfully. Anyway, all right, I'm turning heel on you guys. I seem to turn heel every time I end the shows. But thank you. Seriously, I mean that everybody for real. I do mean thank you for contributing to the show. Mailbag would not exist without you guys. It couldn't. So also consider going ad free. If you hate those ads, you have to skip through, go to Patreon, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe there for 99 cents or a dollar on Patreon. You can get yourself in the door. You can go VIP on our website and get yourself access to not only everything ad free, but also video updates. I just actually posted a video update yesterday that's exclusive to VIP members and to the SmackDown tier and higher on Patreon. I went for a three and a half minutes about Stone Cold's possibility of a return match at WrestleMania 39, a very real possibility. So I talked about that exclusively for patrons on the $5 tier and higher and on our website, uh, wwpodcast.com. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back on Sunday with your week in review. Until then, thanks so much. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.